Welcome back to Mishnah Yomi. Today we're continuing to learn Masech the Shkolem, Perek Beis, Mishnah Aleph, and Mishnah Beis. The case is as followed. Let's say you have people who live in towns far out from Yushalayim, and those people are not going to be able to make it to Yushalayim to deposit their shekel. So they, what they can do is join together and send one person to bring their shekel on their behalf to the temple. I apologize, I'm a little under the weather here. The halach is that you don't have to bring an entire wagon full of shkolem. Again, everyone's giving a little bit, a little amount, but rather they can take their shkolem. The person who's taking it to shalim, that is, can take all the shkolem and exchange it for a gold coin, which is going to be of significant more value, so that you end up with a smaller amount of coins, less coins, and a lighter burden when you go to Yushalayim. Again, so you're taking all your coins and you're, you can um, redeem them or exchange them, better yet for a larger, more expensive coin. Provide that when you get to Yushalayim, you, um, you switch it back to the silver coins. That is halacha number one. Halacha number two is Kashem Shem Shofers from Mikdash. Just as there were Shofers in the Mikdash, what's a Shofer? Here, we're not discussing the case of a animal, a ram's horn that you blow, but rather the collection chests, which we'll learn in the sixth parak. Uh, there were 13 of them, and each one collected for a different, a different purpose. The collection chests were shaped like a chauffeur. That is, they were narrow on top and wide on bottom, and they curved. And the reason for this was to prevent people from sticking their hand inside and removing money from the communal chest, kind of like the vending machines. So in order to prevent it, they made this funny shape. Kashem Shem Shofers, Mikdash just as there were chauffeurs, there were collection chests in the Mikdash, Kachay Shofers from Medina. They would put various uh, chests throughout the Medina, throughout, throughout the city of Rishalayim in this case, so that people who are unable to enter into the temple compound because they're tame can just put it into one of these uh, polling stations. Excuse me, put it into one of these uh, voter, uh, this um, these uh, these chests, these collecting chests. Okay. What happens if you have people in the city who take their money and send it with a messenger to Yushalayim? And what happens? The messenger returns and says, it was stolen from me. I was held up. Highway robbery. Or I lost it. Now what happens? How exactly do we determine uh, who has to repay it uh, and who's at fault? So it's very simple. The um, the In Yushalayim, they needed this money. Again, because this is what funded the temple sacrifices. So they already knew pretty much who would give and who wouldn't give. And therefore, at a certain point, they would begin to remove money and from this, from these these, these uh, shofros, these collection boxes, and they would assume, knowing that, oh, perhaps the city of um, the city of Ashdod hasn't given their money yet, but we know it's going to come. They're just, they're running late. It's going to come later, so we're going to take mu- we're going to take on their behalf. And therefore, when they give the, when they bring the carbon tumid, the communal sacrifice, it's being brought on behalf of the people who have not yet given their truma, their shekel yet, because it's assumed they're going to give it, and therefore we bring it on their behalf, banking on the fact they're going to bring it, they're going to give it. So that being said, in this case, if the shliach is running late and he hasn't made it to Yerushalayim yet, and he loses the money. But we know that in Yerushalayim itself, they already began using money from that year's communal sacrifice fund. So then what we assume is the second that if the shliach takes a hold of this money, acquires his money, and, excuse me, the second the uh, people in Yerushalayim, the, in the Beis HaMikdash, start using money from this year's funds, it's assumed that even the money in the shliach's property, possession, that too is part of the pot. Yes, he hasn't put it in there yet, but it's as if he, had, it's as if he gave it, because we're taking money and we're taking giving sacrifices on the behalf of all the people. And therefore, now in our scenario, we have a shliach, 
who is bringing money on behalf of the townspeople, but in Yerushalayim, they already began to uh, bring the sacrifices on behalf of the townspeople. So we look at the money in the shliach's possession as if it's already in the possession of the temple. Thus, if the shliach goes ahead and loses this shekel, or he uh, gets uh, held up and robbed and, and loses it through robbery, he has to go and swear to the people in Yerushalayim, to the treasurers in the temple, and say to them, I was not negligent. It was, it was inadvertent. I was held up. I was, it was out of my control. And because, why, why does he swear to the Gizbarim, the treasurers? Because he's, he's, he lost the treasurer's money, because it's as if it was in the treasurer's hand. Okay. Then, uh, and then, what happens then? The people in the town do not have to contribute a second shekel, since it's as if their second shekel had already reached the temple. Again, because they started removing money on their behalf. But what if the if in the temple they had not began to re- take off uh, money from this communal pot, they had not begun to bring the sacrifices from that year's shkalim, so then we assume the shliach who's carrying this money, he's still carrying it and it's, it's still in the possession, the property of the townspeople. Thus, he, he swears to those people, not to the, the treasurer, and the townspeople must give new shkalim in their place. As in, it's the, the, their shekels never reached Yerushalayim, it got lost, again, because it was not negligence, therefore it's on them now to resend their annual shekel contribution to Yerushalayim. What if the people then, after they separate the second shekel, now that they owe, they find the, the, the shliach finds a shekel, or the, there's a knock on the door and these erlich ganavim come in and say, oh, we didn't realize, here's the money back. What happens? The original shekel and the replacing ones are all considered sanctified and consecrated. We don't say that, uh, we don't say that we're downgrading the uh, second one you, that you donated to make it regular chulun again, but once you, you dedicate to the temple, it's the temples. Moreover, you can't say, okay, fine, you're taking uh, the one that I lost that we now found and the one I, I, I consecrated in its place, so... Look, take it as a down payment for next year's dues. We don't do that. Once you get you contribute it for that year, it belongs to that year. Next year, you have to re-give it again. Okay. Next Mishnah goes as follows. There's a concept called Mi'ilah. Mi'ilah is the prohibition to use items that are sanctified um, and consecrated to the temple. And if a person for personal benefit or any secular use. Therefore, if a person were to take the shekel which it was designated for the temple. Now it has the din of um, the temple consecrated she- shekel, and they use it, let's say, to pay their alone. That's me'ila again, using a, a uh, consecrated item for personal benefit. The person gives a shekel to his friend and says to him, "Can you contribute? Can you bring this uh, to the temple on my behalf?" And what does the agent do? What does the shliach do? He goes to the temple and says, I'm contributing this shekel for my friend, but on my behalf. As in, he takes it from him. Either he makes a mistake or intentionally does what, quote-unquote, is me'ilo. Uh, well, we'll see why in a second. He's taking his friend's money and giving it on his behalf. If we're talking about a case where, as we said in the previous Mishnah, the shliach is running a little late, and therefore the, the treasurers in the temple assume that since the the uh, shliach is on his way, we can now separate the sacrifices on his behalf. Therefore, we are turning the money in his pocket into temple money. It's just still in his pocket, but it's already it belongs to the temple. So what happened here? Here you have a guy, person number one says to person number two, take this money to Yerushalayim. Person number two is now holding it, and while he's holding it, it turns into temple money because the temple now starts uh, removing money from that pot. And then he says, you know, instead of t- giving it for my friend, I'll give it on my own behalf. It's called Me'ila because essentially he's paying up um, his, his, uh, his dues with the money that's already consecrated to the temple. Um, 
Good. So in the Shema Chumachumachumachumachumachumachumachumachumachumachumachumachumachumachumachumachumachumachumachumachumachumachumachumachumachumachumachumachumachumachumachumachumachumachumachumachumachumachumachumachumachumachumachumachumachumachumachumachumach